this week we didn't have a lot to talk about, so I basically rant on Mark Zuckerberg the whole time. Yeah, we talked about South Park. Yeah, check it out. This week in our collective heads Wanna put an old rumor to bed Stereotype that you've all heard How we're all just angry video game nerds Most of us have actual jobs Kids and families and cats and dogs, yeah This week in our collective heads This week in our collective heads Welcome to this week in our collective heads, the gaming news show that all of you love and adore. I think we're that we are now the top-rated podcast and YouTube channel for gaming news of two guys who do this for fun. Exactly, and I'm really happy about that. We give yeah. you all of the news that you that you may or may not have missed throughout the week. We try to make it entertaining uh, for you, give you actual context. Because if you're just reading, oh, this guy did this thing, and this person announced this, you're just like, okay, what does it matter? We're gonna tell you why it matters. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the things that matters to us is backwards compatibility, yeah. and that's something that's uh, that's pretty exciting because yeah. that's that's important for for the preservation of old games, and because uh, like you can you can go back and you can there's been pretty good uh, archiving of like the Nintendo yeah. and the Super yeah. Nintendo, yeah. like all of those are available as ROMs, but then you reach a certain point and it's like. It's kind of like there, there's some it's GameCube. It's harder and they're big. They're well, like huge. there's some GameCube games yeah. that have never been successfully emulated. And yeah. so, like, you can only play this game if you have a GameCube. Yeah. yeah. So they're doing their thing. We'll start off with Goat Simulator. And Goat yeah. Simulator is uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, games that came out of nowhere, you know, where you literally um, are a goat and you run around as a goat licking things and causing mayhem. Which is pretty yeah. cool to me. The, uh, the girls love that one. It's hilarious. Like, I've I've never I have rarely seen them laugh that hard playing a game. That's another thing that I like about it is that it works for all ages. Oh, yeah. It's not it's not one that's 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 vulgar. It doesn't have any weird humor about it. The goat doesn't do anything perverse. It's right. just a goat wrecking things. Yeah, and and people ragdolling everywhere. Yes, yes. We also got some uh, other games like uh, Child of Eden. Mm -hmm. Have you, you played Child of Eden? Didn't uh, you? Child of Eden is is. Well, I'm, I'm going to need to cover this one because there, there's a lot of religious implications here. Yeah. So, <clears throat> Eden is is the the best known as the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. But what very few people don't know is in the the uh, book of the Bible, pre Genesis. Okay. Um, there's there's actually this is a, the one that was thrown out. Pre Genesis was right. Right. It's, Genesis, it's, right. it's apocryphal. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because you know it, it talks about oh there was nothing anywhere. And I was like, yeah, but then there were some parts that were skipped over in that first chapter. And one of those was Eden, after whom the garden was named. Oh, okay. And so the, the child of Eden is actually the, the caretaker of the garden of Eden because he inherited it from his dad. Gotcha. gotcha. And so he, he is the child of Eden watching over the garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. And um, it, I've never understood why I didn't mention him in the uh, in the Bible. Probably yeah, because yeah. he's he's made up for this game. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it was. And it was so an, is the game. <laughs> too. So it was it was it was a it was an attempt for for him to kind of channel Adam and Eve okay. toward you know more environmental concerns and everything. Um, so he, he's he's trying to maintain the garden, and Adam and Eve are just wandering around naked, screwing everything up. Uh, one of the reasons you might not have heard of it is because there's copious nudity. Yeah, because Adam and Eve were naked all the yes, time. Yes, they were. Um, I, I had, when I first heard about this game, I was hoping that they would do like a, a Wilson thing from uh, Home Improvement, and there there would be like oh, there's a bush that happens to be here, and like right, and, to be and, a tree. and as they walk out of that, there's a dog that walks in front. I mean, I think that that would have been a really cool idea, but they chose not to do that, yeah. and as a result, you've never heard of this game. Also, the game doesn't exist. Yes. As is tradition that we make up games that, that don't exist if we don't know what the backwards compatible game is. Like uh, KOF. Speaking of, of nudity, KOF Sky Stage. Uh, so, K so KOF, it originally started as as a uh, indie game that was only on PC. Okay. And it was Kill or... See, I thought it was King of Fighters. No. Oh, okay. No, see, it's actually... That, that would be the confusion. It's 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 very it's different. Killer. It's killer. Yeah. It's, so it was... It's so there's no Mary. It's the Mary, it's the Mary, Mary Kill... Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so it's it's that game, except it was just two choices. You don't get to marry anybody. Right. So uh, the originally was that, and it was just way too absurd. There was there's nudity and there's violence, and there was both all at the same time. Like mm-hmm. there was sex and violence, but literally at the same time. Yeah. And uh, the censors got onto it, but people were like, "Well, you can't censor our game because it was at the time free." But then when they wanted to do it on Xbox, they had to change it a lot. So okay. it, it became a top-down isometric game. Uh, uh, where kind of like Hotline Miami, okay. where you go around, but depending on uh, what you're doing, you can either kill or fornicate mm-hmm. uh, with whatever is right. there, and you can actually so, do both sometimes. Okay, and this is uh, the Sky Stage. So yes. Is there anything particular about this version? Yes, that... because this includes the the DLC where you also mm-hmm. skydive. Okay. Yes, while doing that, and different... while while killing. Okay, so so. I would imagine then mm-hmm. that this is uh, the basis mm-hmm. for that opening scene in Saints Row Three, where you're yes. coming out of the plane. That's except, where they took it. Except yeah. instead of instead of crates of of you know materials or whatever, it would be cages of humans. Cages of humans, sometimes just random humans uh, of of varying sexes and varying sizes, and okay. you just you do everything to them. Okay. Whatever you want to do to them. All right. So those are the two <laughs> games that we get to make up this week. Uh, that's. That's one of my favorite things. I don't. I honestly don't know if anybody else enjoys it, but we have a lot of fun. We with enjoy it because I have no idea what those were, and if I don't, if I can't read it and know exactly what it is, yeah. I even looked up KOF Sky Stage, like just Google Images, and was like, nope, doesn't ring a bell. So. <laughs> Nice. That's that's what we do. Uh, so the main topic this week, by the way, uh, if you stay uh, till the end of the podcast or the next uh, YouTube video uh, that'll be released, is actually going to be about uh, loot boxes. Mm-hmm. And this, this is becoming a huge thing in regards to microtransactions. We want to talk about uh, loot boxes and the effect on uh, not only the economy, but also the psyche of people. Yeah. Very important. So stick around for that uh, if you're listening to the podcast. And uh, if not, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can get that video later. Right. And then our other thing that we're doing is uh, we're going to be discussing the totes, which is yes. the topic of the episode show. And this week we are talking about single screen adventures. Yes. So screens that don't 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 scroll or move or yeah. anything. It's just like, hey, here's a box. Yes. Play in the box. Exactly. Exactly. A lot, lot of old school. Some new school too. Some new school. So pretty cool stuff. There you go. Uh, so let's let's uh, start off by talking about uh, uh, an acquisition that happened mm-hmm. this week, which was Humble Bundle, which we which many PC gamers love and adore, which yeah. I I enjoy. Uh, it was just bought out by IGN. Right. And I don't know exactly how this is going to weigh out. I I don't I don't distrust IGN. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a you know if, if a certain uh, game maker or someone bought it out. I, it doesn't make me feel like yeah. it's in the wrong hands. I'm just curious what they're going to do with it. If they continue to just run with it this way, maybe put their own review spins on it where they can highlight certain things, it could be a good like synergistic um, uh, thing for them where they can start talking about reviewing a specific series. And by the way, here's the Humble Bundle link. Yeah. So it may work for them. I can, I can see that. And the, the VP said that basically uh, they, they just wanted to make sure that this continues, that this service is an excellent... It's an excellent uh, business. It's also an excellent charity because yeah, uh, a lot of the proceeds go to that. And it allows some developers to, to come up where they might not have been as visible before. Humble Bundle is is a very niche place, but it does get a lot of eyeballs on your product and, mm-hmm. and let people know, hey, this is a thing that exists. And usually you're getting 12, 15 games or so, and all you, I mean, you can pay the regular price or there's an average because you can do additional money right. which is what goes to the to the charities and everything so uh i've never seen that additional money go above like 10 or 11 dollars maybe 12 tops yeah uh, i i think i've most i've seen it's like 11 30 something so okay i'm literally paying less than a dollar per game uh, in a lot of cases it goes to a charity i have games that i can mess around with if i want sometimes there's maybe one thing you want in there it's a really good it's a really good thing it's like yeah i'll pay 12 bucks for that i'll pay I'll pay 12 bucks for that one game and give money it's like giving money to charity yeah. so just give it's you it that literally way. it's literally money giving money to charity, charity. <laughs> and being charitable to a developer that may or may not have gotten the love so exactly. that's good stuff so there you go uh the next thing is is one that has has been reported by two separate sites uh destructoid and, and a pc site with which i'm not familiar um <clears throat> but they said that the <laughs> the concurrent player account on Lawbreakers, yeah, uh, dropped to ten. Yes, which is for those of you who are counting, <laughs> that is enough people to have a five v five match. Yes, and only one. This is after they had a free weekend. 
They had a yeah. free weekend where they hit a grand total of 2,000 players. Yeah. For a free weekend, for something that... The, the, I mean, the genre is... is Yes, being completely dominated by Overwatch, yeah. but but there's enough bleed through, in my opinion, for people to, who are playing Overwatch or like those style of games to jump in on a free weekend. We do this; we jump on free weekends all the time to yeah. check out new things, not only for the show, but also just to keep up to date with uh, with some new stuff that's going on, some really interesting stuff. This game has really interesting, um, uh, really unique uh, abilities. And to hit 2,000 players on a free weekend is is just nothing. And now, if you hit, I, I've saw between 100, I saw 100 some evenings and 10. You can go on Steam and look at the average right. of people who are playing right. Uh, people who are playing that right now, not average, current players. Yeah. And that's it's just it's ridiculously sad for a game like this. This is Cliff Cliff Blavinsky's. Uh, see, I like stumble over his name, right? Yeah. It's his it's his project. So yeah, this should have a little more traction on it than it does. So it's really unfortunate. And and it's it's it has it has a tone, mm-hmm. and I think that it in some ways it kind of suffers from the same thing that that like Duke Nukem Forever did. Was it uh, Cliff Blazinski's style of you know. F bombs for the sake of F bombs yeah. and and blowing up and gratuitous. Okay, but you know if if the the game itself is not interesting, then that that it doesn't do anything for people. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, it's it's just another example of of how unpredictable the 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 gaming market can be. Because like if if you if you look, you could you would think that this would have been successful and. There was money thrown behind it, but it it just didn't work for players. It didn't. I was trying to find the current play ca- player count, but I can't. F- I'm not seeing it on here. Um, I mean, it's 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 really low and sad. Uh, yeah. Especially for a game that looks as polished as it is. Uh, I've seen a lot it, of gameplay of it, and it's not. It, it looks it looks polished. Mm-hmm. It looks chaotic, and I I can't I can't tell what's happening. <laughs> so, but Quake Arena is the same way. Quake Arena is so quick. It it, it, you... it is it is super fast, but it's so much less busy than this one, because with this there, every everything has an animation. Yeah. From from people using jetpacks, there's there's extra filter and particle graphics and everything. Everybody's flinging their their ropes, and you can see the ropes and yeah. like there's there's a lot of extra information that to me seems like it would be actually detrimental to being able to tell what's going on. Yeah, I, I so can definitely see that. Yeah. But one thing that you can tell what's going on is in Shadow of War, because yes. there's lots of orcs and lots of fun in that. Yeah, that that, that game is beautiful. Yeah, I love it. You got to play it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, sh- the reason we're talking about it uh, here, uh, I mean, not only is it a good game, but also uh, the uh, copyright protection of this was was hacked. It was, yep. it was broken, which in in under 24 hours. And this is de nuvo. This is this is supposed to be the the new hotness, the unbreakable um, or close enough to yeah but the thing is like it's it's it, it's basically the the analogy and and sorry for any hackers out there it's it's the million it's the million monkeys mm-hmm. hammering away at keyboards until they churn out shakespeare it's yeah. like there are too many people yes. who are too dedicated and too excited about this mm-hmm. thing yeah, it's it's, 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 it's not going to happen yeah. because when uh, some of the first games that came out, you know, it would it would last a month, and and it's been consistently getting weaker and weaker, yeah. and yeah, so so it that was cracked in in under twenty four hours. Um, we suggest you buy it. <laughs> yeah, I, and and yeah, there there's. I suggest you buy it and don't buy loot boxes. But we'll talk yes. about that in the uh, in the main topic. Um, I mean, it's it's a good game. Again, supporting developers, but supporting if you want to play this game, buy the game. If you if you want to stick it to the man, I'm not recommending this, but if you want to stick it to the man because you're not happy with their practices in regards to loot boxes, you could do this now. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. The I I haven't actually. Uh, seen the loot boxes yet mm-hmm. in the game? Like yeah. there, there's a bunch of menus and stuff that say, "Hey, there's things that you could click on," and I'm like, mm, "Ah, play game, play there game." There it is. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, I, I got into the game, and I haven't, I haven't been. Yeah. I mean, the, this is the one that we we discussed this um, um, last week or the week before last. This is the game. Uh, this is a game that was play tested and worked without microtransactions, without loot boxes. Right. Then the uh, EA basically came in and said, we want loot boxes in your game. 
And the developer said, WB. So WB, sorry, WB. I want to say EA because I hate EA. WB <laughs> came in and said, we we actually loot boxes in there and went, oh, okay, I, I mean, guess I, we have I, to do I that now. We could do that. So they've play tested this without loot boxes the whole time, meaning if you don't want to participate in that, your experience is going to be good and balanced. Yeah. It's not your. Now, if you did get the loot, get loot boxes, if you felt like doing that and you had extra money lying around, it can help your uh, game a little bit. It's not pay to win, but it's a little easier. Yeah. So, still don't agree with it. Yeah. Uh, we'll, 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 discuss, we'll discuss that in the main topic in the, in the other video. We will. So, speaking of dragons, mm -hmm. as we typically do. Yes. Um, Laidlaw, uh, Mike Laidlaw, was the director of, of uh, a lot of games in Bioware. He was the director of Origins. He was the director of um, uh, pretty much the entire... Uh, uh, what's it called? Dragon, Dragon Age. Age. Dragon's yeah, 1, Dragon 2, uh, uh, Origins. Uh, did he do Inquisition? I think he did. I don't remember. I, I, I don't know, so I'm not going to say for yeah. sure. But he's been working at Bioware for 14 years, and um, he he is left to pursue other projects. We'll see where that goes. Mm -hmm. um, but but his direction was was essential. And I one of the things that I really appreciated in the stories that I heard about him was how important to him the continuity of the stories were. Yeah. Because they, they took the time to build a really interesting world um, for, for Dragon Age, you know, for people to mm -hmm. discover and everything. And so a lot of times there's a temptation to, to take a, an IP, an environment, a world that you've created, and, and then be like, okay, for the next game, let's, you know, up to 11. Yeah. And let's see what we can do with it. Yeah. And they, they managed to create, they managed to enhance gameplay mechanics and, and make those different every yeah. time. But without uh, sacrificing the the universe that they had created, mm -hmm. and I always I always really appreciated that. So we wish him luck in in whatever his next ventures are. Yeah, and uh, we will let you know what those are when we find out. Yeah, should be. I mean, hopefully greener pastures. I mean, a you know a bright future, if you will. I mean, this is this is happening more and more in the industry where people are leaving their their longtime homes. Um, and it's not, it's, I don't think it's a bad, it's a, it's a sad thing for Bioware, but it now is. we may get to see someone, some up and comer, you know, take that seat and, yeah. and run with it. So yeah, we'll keep you posted on Another it. Another thing that I think could be interesting is, is that there will be ideas that, that Mike Laidlaw had while he was working on Dragon Age that didn't fit for Dragon Age. Yeah. And he can, you know, put those in a notebook, put those aside and then be like, I'll get to that later. Yep. And now he can. Now he has time to do that. So it's really cool. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so South Park uh, comes out on on Tuesday, and uh, I'm I'm really happy about it, the fractured butthole, and uh, I really enjoyed the the first game and the uh, the episode that aired this previous week is a quasi prequel to the fractured butthole. It 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 actually ends with the the trailer that we saw mm. for fractured butthole. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I mean it's it. I say that's, that's, that's I say quasi prequel because I don't know if any of the uh, while Kuhn and friends are in there and they did set up uh, a rift between the group. I mm -hmm. don't think other than the fact that Kuhn and friends are there and uh, that they're that they're not all working together now. Other than that, I don't know what else they're really setting up in here, because the rest of the, the rest of the show uh, dealt with um, Facebook mm -hmm. and Mark Zuckerberg, right? Uh, and uh, Facebook basically letting you post whatever you want on Facebook and that's now a fact like you posted someone uh, so uh, Professor Chaos uh, mm -hmm. was was uh, posting things online that were against Kuhn and friends that were complete lies mm -hmm. but because it's on Facebook it's true yeah, and, that's, that, that's how truth works and Mark Zuckerberg defended that because they paid him $17.42 so it was Mark Zuckerberg running around blocking uh, people, yeah. and and dubbed dubbed like a uh, like a kung fu movie. But uh, anytime someone came up, he was like, "Oh, let's see what kind of style you have." And then he would go, "Hey, block them," but just doing that. So then the Coon and friends attacked him by doing that by going. Pew, 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 pew. I would I would love to see a live action version of. <laughs> of like grown people yes. playing because because when you watch the the, the South Park when uh -huh. when they play like that yeah that is how we play that's how like, kids pew, play pew, pew, yeah pew, 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 yeah pew. yeah you you make your own sound effects and you your own death noises yep. and your own guns yep it's and fun it was it was really poignant they didn't uh, I mean this is the 
second time they've kind of hit i mean well they hit everything every single week they hit something that's ridiculously topical because yeah. they come out with it during the previous week six eight there yeah so uh the previous episode or the episode before it dealt with um distracted driving with texting mm-hmm. while driving and they segued that they had that going on and they also had um the president who is actually mr garrison in this but he's basically doing donald trump right uh him do, talking about how uh you know Korea doesn't matter, and we're gonna bomb the hell out of them. And uh, so, a specific, a specific uh, character tweak sent them cupcakes to to say, you know, it, you know, we is a peace offering that not all Americans hate you. And and the president tweeted out, you think tweak tweak is scared of you? You know, we're gonna, you know, he doesn't give a shit. You you can bomb him, whatever. Like, he's not scared of you bombing him. So everyone freaking out. So they segued those two together to make a song about how if you're president, put it down. Like, put your phone down. As in, if you're driving, put your phone down. You're yeah. in, a, you're in a, a important role now. Be an adult. Don't be distracted. Concentrate on what's going on in the world or in driving. So they do a really good job of that. I don't... See, I don't even... I, I haven't watched South Park in years, but I respect the heck out of those The guys. last three years have been just knocking it out the park it's not it's not as much uh you know there's there's cursing and everything but it's not as much about uh about like disgusting poop jokes it's kind of how rick and morty is where it's like we're going to be vulgar but it's also poignant yeah the difference being that south park can do it immediately yeah um it's it's really excellent and it's also really amazing because they've been they've been doing this for so long and they've been so successful Speaking of successful things, we got news this week that Cuphead, which was, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Has sold one million copies. I'm so happy. And yay. Yay for them, because Cuphead That's is That's the current stage of my body. Awesome. It's, it's so good. Cuphead is the best. It's it's amazing. It's beautiful animation. It's hardcore gaming. Holy crap. That was the that was the, the fight with the... Yay. Um, no, I'm sorry. That was that was the Mega Man Two Dragon when, yeah. you're, when you're trying to yeah yeah. There's That's there's, awesome. there's so much here. So, uh, I mean, I'm I'm loving Cuphead, and um, in addition to playing Cuphead, I got my uh, the Super Nintendo uh, Classic Edition, which uh, also you can you can mod if you want to throw that into the news uh, this week. There is a mod for it. Uh, we don't condone piracy, so downloading a ROM that you don't own technically is piracy. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. But you could mod your Super Nintendo and throw ROMs on it. I'm and just saying. You, and that also means that you could get the fan translation of Final Fantasy VI, which is yes. superior. You can get the fan translations of that. You can get homebrew, homebrew Super Nintendo games as mm-hmm. long as they're the right. Uh, every now and then I've run into compatible, compatibility issues because I tried it out for you guys, yeah. and it rocks. Um, the save states in it uh, are... It makes it easier than a Raspberry Pi. People are saying, we'll just get a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. This, the operating system for this is better. Uh, but between Cuphead and that, I've been playing a lot of old school style gaming. Yeah. And it's so I started playing uh, last night I played a little bit of The Lion King on Super Nintendo. And The Lion King is one of the hardest games. Like yeah. I'd say it's harder than Dark Souls. There there there's there's a couple of stages in there that are just absolutely brutal and I don't know how they expected 7-year-olds yeah. to beat this. My thing. my first try I couldn't beat the first level. Uh, it took me I think four or five tries to beat the first level. Yeah. Cameron Cameron challenged me to play uh, to play Shadow of War mm-hmm. on hard, and that that kicked the Nemesis system into high gear immediately. And so I've got like three Nemeses, and I've got I've got like three turns to kill them before they. Wow. Shadow of War is awesome. <laughs> like they they took the Nemesis system and just ramped it up and and made it so much more wonderful. Love it. Love so it. yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm. I mean, I've got way too many games to play, but I really do want to play that. No, I've I've got this. You one got covered. this one. Okay, I've got other games that I should be playing, I guess. And you can you can pick it up when it drops to four dollars someday. Because Sh- Shadow of Mordor, so Shadow of Mordor got to like insanely low prices. But didn't it come out two and a half years ago? Yeah. But there's also, I mean, you can, I've never seen Skyrim for less than twenty five. But because it's Skyrim. Yeah. It's a this is Shadow game. of. I, I I disagree. I tried them both. You tried them both, but people will continue to pay twenty, twenty five, thirty dollars for Skyrim. Mm-hmm. And when Shadow of War was twenty five or thirty dollars, people weren't buying it, so they Shadow, kept dropping Shadow, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. They kept dropping the price. Yeah. That's why it hit five dollars because yeah. no one was buying it. Yeah, that's what you think. 
No, it's the sales. That's the sales. <laughs> Speaking of sales, Oculus uh, and and more Mark Zuckerberg, um, Zuckerberg announced uh, Oculus Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Oculus Go is the uh, midpoint between a mobile and a PC. Uh, version of VR because if you have mobile, it's very you know, it's contingent on what type of device you have. You have PC yeah. and, and it's, hook it's it up. mostly or, non-interactive. Yeah, or it's, you're, yeah. you're watching or PS4 or PC. I'd put that in that in the right category uh, where you have to hook it up to a to something else that does the computing. Right. And they were saying we want that sweet spot of a standalone. So they said we have or we're going to come out with Oculus Go, mm-hmm. which is their midpoint sweet spot between the two. Yeah. Now they, it's going to be two hundred dollars, yep. and it's going to come with the the controllers that the Oculus uses. It right? comes with one simplified version of the Oculus controller. Now okay. here's where you start the misinformation, because also they have another VR project that they're going to be coming out with that is also midpoint between between <laughs> Rift and Gear VR, well, because I mean, that that's... midpoint is Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz comes out with these these amazing headphones. It also has six points of articulation in regards to uh, tracking your head, okay. and it tracks your head against your hands. All right. The sensors on here are going to actually track your hands versus your head, and everything will work uh, cohesively. Okay. Uh, so. As soon as I heard about Oculus Go, you texted me about it, and I was like, "This is going to be, this is going to be simplified. This is going to be dumbed down. This yeah. is not going to be powerful." But yeah. their idea is they want to get VR in everyone's hands, and that's that's the thing is is like the is once you once you play VR, you're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, this is pretty wonderful." Yeah, yeah. And so they they need to, and as they're able to get that into people's hands, people people will be able to see and they will be able to understand. Mm-hmm why it's worth the price of admission because yeah. the price of admission is really really high and until you are a VR believer mm-hmm. you're not interested and uh, I, I can't I can't lose my point yet or I can't uh, yeah lose the point yet but I did have a prediction saying that I thought the PlayStation VR mm-hmm. was going by the end of 2018 okay PlayStation VR was going to be the clear winner uh, if you will the one that most people adopted yeah um, in regards to Oculus versus versus PlayStation VR, I don't count the mobile portion because it's it's yeah that's that's not it's too, really it's too so um, I'm gonna guess that I'm gonna lose my point because I think a lot of people are gonna grab this because okay. it's only two hundred dollars. That being said, everything that I've seen in regards to this, the the specs I've seen people report, they're reporting Santa Cruz specs, not the PlayStation yep. Go, sorry, the um, Oculus Go specs. <laughs> and it's it's confusing because it's an hour and a they're half long seminar. They're coming after your point. Yeah, they're coming after my point. It's a, it's, they purposely, they gave a, an hour and a half uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't want to listen through the hour and a half presentation, which most people didn't, then you then people go and they're like, all right, well, what's what's the deal with this? And they find some guy who wrote it, and he wrote the wrong information because I sat through an hour and a half presentation of Mark Zuckerberg and these other guys, and Zuckerberg, first of all, first of all, he, he took <laughs> my he, he, he took my idea that I already patented, so I'm going to go after you for that. Did, did you patent it on this show? I, I patented it on this show, but I didn't send any patent and patent um, paperwork in. Yeah. Who needs so, that? Yeah, so uh, the they, they are going to push. They're going to uh, one of the things in addition to um, you know, games and all that is they had uh, Oculus venues, mm-hmm. which was watching um, watching live performances of uh, of uh, artists yeah. switching between cameras, and they're con- they're working with specific venues to have camera setups set up there, which yeah. is what I said a year well, and a half was, ago. That was something that we, I feel like we made that together. I'll, because I'll because, you, because I, I I had the I I'll had let the you thing in on this. I had the thing thank you yeah I had the idea um, or we had the idea yeah. of having it at uh, at venues and allowing you to see live performances mm-hmm. and then you had a bit more articulation as far as yeah. and specifics yes but and we both we, had the idea of tours when it comes to mm-hmm. like the Louvre or the Great Pyramids yeah. or uh, Machu Picchu there's, yeah. there's so many places I would love to go and a lot of people would love to go but you can't but they don't have you know five to six grand and a week and a half <laughs> off and you know these are luxuries yeah. so um, I think that Oculus and VR is going to lend itself very well and we're on track to get towards Ready Player One levels of yeah. awesomeness and, and virtual tourism is is going to be a huge thing and mm-hmm. I think that 
I would love to be able to tour places like uh, Chernobyl, places that are not safe for humans to yeah. go. That yeah. sounds like fun. And there's um, there's one in Japan that, that, speaking of that, there's one in Japan that's similar uh, where... You know, it's too radioactive. That the only people who are who are going there are people in you know the big hazmat suits, mm-hmm. or uh, I don't know if you heard about this, like elderly who have volunteered to go in because they're like, well, if I get, I'm the radiation level is low enough that it's not going to give them radiation sickness immediately. It may give them cancer down the line. Well, right. they're like, well, I'm seventy years old, so <laughs> I'll just my way out. I'll I'll volunteer to help and clean this stuff up. That's interesting. Because then, because if I hit cancer, well, I'm, I may or may not hit ninety five anyways. Right. So they're basically saying I could get cancer anyways. I'm, you know, towards the end of it, which I thought was really commendable. That is that is admirable. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So. So yeah. That's that's where we're that's where we're hoping VR goes. Yes, I, I hope that the VR gets into what they, what they said was they wanted VR in the hands of a billion people, yeah. and that is that is a very very ambitious number. But uh, it's also a really um, it, it's it's doable at a low enough price point. And what I think is going to happen is you're going to get this. This is going to be very, very budget. It's going to get more people to, to get into VR. The people who really like it will invest in the Santa Cru- the Santa Cruz or something else yeah. uh, where they get a little beefier. Um, the uh, I don't think we got to talk about this last week. Uh, if we did, I'm blanking on it. But the new PlayStation VR that's uh, that's coming out in Japan yeah. um, has, a, has better processing and uh, better visuals. That I hadn't seen. Yeah, so it hasn't been announced for the United States, okay. but it's it's announced for, for Japan. So it makes me say, okay, maybe I want to wait on the PlayStation. But at the yeah. same time, what, what I was kind of getting at it here is you have more competition. Mm-hmm. More competition is always a good thing, which means yeah. the prices are going to get better and the products are going to get better for everyone. Indeed. Happy about that. So anyways, that's it for the, the gaming news this week. Uh, let us know in the comments uh, what your preferred VR method is uh, and uh, what you would prefer to use VR for. Yeah. And tell us where you want to go in virtual reality. See you next week. So I've started Shadow of War for you guys, you know, because I I, I only do games for other people because it's it's not for my entertainment. It's 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 because I want to play this game and have for a very long time, (laughs) and I've been excited about it. And um, WB basically, from what we can understand, uh, Monolith finished the game. They Mm -hmm. they spec'd it out to where it was like, okay, this game works well without microtransactions or anything. They were in alpha or right. so, yeah. Yeah, and then they were like, yeah, but could you put some of those in there because EA made $3.4 billion <laughs> last year. We like some money. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so th- those are in the game. Um, I haven't seen any problem with them. Uh, yeah. I... I I actually haven't been presented with the opportunity to buy them unless it was subtle enough that it came and went and I didn't notice, <laughs> which is kind of funny because yeah. there was there was a lot of people screaming about this before it came out. It was like, yeah, why did you put this into my single player game? Yeah. And that, that seems to be the sticking point because with Destiny, you know, if you've got cosmetic things, at least you're showing off for somebody sure. in a single player. Sure. You're showing off for nobody? You're showing off for nobody. We're now in a world where we want to show off to our friends more than just sending them screenshots. Yeah. Um, and I think that in Shadow of War, uh, they did balance the game based on not, oh, without having the microtransactions at all, without having the loot boxes. Yeah. So I think that loot boxes may or may not be able to make the game a lot easier for you. Mm-hmm. But I think Shadow of War is in a, a more unique situation in regards to these to loot boxes because Shadow of War is single player. Yeah. And like you said, you're not showing off to other people. You're you're not competing against other people. Yeah. And that's where I think Shadow of War, and I'm not condoning their practices, but I'm saying Shadow of War putting loot boxes into a single player game while while I don't feel like it's it's really matters in regards to what the game should be. I think that it's I think it's redundant. I don't think that it's needed whatsoever. But I don't think it has enough as much of a uh, impact in regards to the gaming in general as it does in multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, now you're talking about Destiny. 
uh, a lot of the loot boxes that you can you can get with that, the Ingrams or whatever you, you, you pay enough uh, money for, uh, you can possibly get a little better of weapons that would have taken you a little bit longer to grind. Yeah. Uh, Battlefront 2 is the same way, where you can start buying up boxes for your specific... Cause that game you get to pick your specific type of trooper or whatever yeah so you could say well i want to go all in because i really like the the heavy or the the specialist yeah and you just go all in and start buying loot boxes for them and spec them out yeah before you even start one of the things about that is that uh initially in the beta mm -hmm. um the battlefront uh loot that you could get that you could buy um was not limited by your access and so what they're what they're doing for the full game mm -hmm. the thing that when the <laughs> when basically the community <laughs> stood up and was like no yeah stop that that th this is a predatory practice mm -hmm. that encourages people to to do this other thing to get a direct advantage yeah. in the game yeah and so uh on the on the full release those are going to be you know if you get something super mega awesome mm -hmm. then it's going to be like yeah but you need to be level seven to use it or whatever so you're still going to have to get to a point yeah. where you can use it i appreciate and that's, that yeah and that's that's the thing is like the 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 difference between between uh, adding something or adding a little twist to the game, uh, making it a little bit simpler if there's yeah. grinding you don't want to do, versus predatory practices. Yes. And mobile gaming in general is much more likely to have predatory practices in gaming, where you're just you're just going to have to play something extremely monotonous mm -hmm. <laughs> until you get to a point, and it's like I I can't I can't do this anymore, and it's yeah. like well you could if you you know spend a dollar or whatever. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, okay, just just give me the game. Let me play the game. Yeah. And I, I give you money, I play the game. Yeah. If, if to me, the, the, problem, the problem that I have, and I know this gets very redundant because we talk about this a lot, but if I paid full price for the game, mm -hmm. I don't want microtransactions in it. Yeah. I am personally, uh, I'm okay. Um, some people aren't, but I'm okay with the... Uh, the uh, project process of uh, buying a game and then a season pass for DLC that's planned. Oh, yeah, yeah, new, new, new content, yes. new material. Yeah. I'm, I'm not okay with it when they lock out things that should have been in the game in the first place, yeah. um, which which has becoming a practice, which uh, I don't haven't seen yet, but uh, there is reports that the pre-order for Assassin's Creed Origins, if you didn't pre-order it, there's like basically a section, a smaller section of the game hmm. that would have been the whole the whole game, but you're not going to get it unless you pre-order. That Ouch. kind of practice, I don't agree with. I am yeah. pre-ordering the game because I because I love Assassin's Creed, but um, I think that you have a, a couple problems uh, that that pose themselves uh, when it comes to loot boxes. Uh, one is the whole aspect of pay to win, which I think you, you were talking about the yeah. battlefront. I think we kind of we kind of talk about that a lot, and we kind of cover it a lot. Where if you if you're paying for this, it makes the game easier, makes you uh, better than other players right off the bat. Yeah. Um, so you can slow that down a little bit. Uh, that that does help. But the other aspect of this that I think we need to really be careful about is the not only the ethics but the psychology involved in this. Yeah. You are giving a a gambling mechanic you're 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 shoehorning a gambling mechanic into a video game however in news this week the esrb has stated mm -hmm. that this is not gambling this is totally not gambling and their their reasoning for that is that they said that uh whenever you put in money mm -hmm. you're going to get something it may not be worth anything mm -hmm. but you're going to get something basically that's like saying my opinion mm -hmm. that's like if if the the texas lottery was like okay you can't whenever you uh give us a dollar for mm -hmm. a ticket mm -hmm. we will give you a penny back or you could win yeah and that would mean it wasn't gambling yeah. anymore that's wow. that's that's not that's not a thing i was and yeah. the you were talking about psychology yeah. and the psychology of gambling, of not knowing what's coming up, or maybe this time I could get the thing. That's exactly right. And and that's another thing is uh, is like we we don't mind paying for DLC for new content like like with Neo that they have consistently been rolling out mm -hmm. uh, new weapons, new expansions, yeah. new scenes, new characters, things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's like yeah, if you if you allow me to see what I'm going to get, yes. then I have the ability to weigh that against 
my perceived value of money. Sure. And I'm like, okay, this is worth $30 to me because you're telling me what I'm going to guess. With loot boxes, same as with slot machines or anything else, it's like, okay, I'm putting in a dollar, 25 cents, a, a penny, whatever, and I could get something that I really want or I could not. Yeah. And, and that's, that, that is psychologically addictive. It is. It is. Uh, I would say it's, it's similar, but uh, I'm going to defend this practice uh, because you have um, customizable, or sorry, uh, trading card games like mm -hmm. Magic the Gathering and others where if you pay um, you know, $3.50 or $4 per pack, yeah. you get 15 cards. And usually the what you got in the pack was worth around that, maybe like on the third secondary market, maybe worth less than that. Yeah. But it's not it, it is random because you're you're getting um, you're getting random uh, cards. Yeah. But at the same time, there's no you don't pay full price for Magic the Gathering. Right. You pay per pack or you pay for for um, you know self-contained uh, you know uh, bundles if you will which right. you know you could do that and, and so so it be it's almost like a free-to-play game it's a freemium game magic yes. gathering is a freemium game you can choose to pour a ton of money into it you can choose to not pour a ton of money into it and pour just a little bit uh, I, I'm, I don't have nearly as much experience yeah. with CCGs as you do yes. but um, but don't most of those have like a, like there's a guaranteed rare or legendary yeah. or something like they they tell you in the pack yeah. this is what you're going you're to gonna get you're going to get x amount of uh, I'm going to get this wrong but let's let's just say for easy numbers uh, uh, like uh, ten commons you're going to get two or three um, um, uncommon and you're either going to get a rare or a mythic rare yeah um, something and, and something like but that. but there there is there's an element of of gambling still in that yeah but it is a much more open thing yeah i know um, i know i'm going to get 10 cards that i may or may not ever use mm -hmm. that work depending on the deck and i'm going to get some a couple of interesting ones yeah. uh, that, that are in there but but again i didn't have to pay for like let's say magic like i said magic the gathering uh does have um like online games as well mm -hmm. and the online games you don't uh, except for one, Duels of the Planeswalkers, which doesn't have microtransactions. Right. Duels of the Planeswalkers doesn't have microtransactions, but you get to play it. Yeah. Or you get to play one of the online games that has microtransactions, but has no entry point. So you could jump in, buy some packs and play, as opposed to pay $60, and then go buy some packs as well. Yeah. I think that's that's the problem. Uh, not only not only do you have the randomness in regards to, to gambling, um, you have it being put into games that, that are full-priced and games that a lot of kids are playing yeah and uh that's one thing that i'm seeing in in my nephew and and others that you know they they it's it's normal and it is uh part of psychology where you're opening up the the boxes or loot or packs or whatever and it's exciting. What did I get? Yeah. What did I get? It's an, it's that's why unboxings are, are huge on YouTube. What did I get? What did I get? Let's see what the excitement is on this. What yeah. what, what randomness do we get? Uh, that's very impactful, and it continues to push uh, people to buy these uh, or or pour pour money into something like this. It's believing that they could have this. Yeah. Excellent experience. Yeah. And I will say Vegas already has this on lockdown. The whole idea of, of uh, well, you could come in here and you could pay money and you may win. But, you know, technically, if using the ESRB's logic, that uh, every casino in Vegas isn't gambling either. Because when you go in there, you get free drinks. You yeah. probably get a buffet. Yeah. Uh, there's shows. So you get free stuff you get, without you get paying. You get compensation for the time and money that you are spending. Yeah. So technically, I guess Vegas isn't, no, no places in Vegas are gambling either, according to Emma ESRB. <sighs> no matter what, no matter how you slice it, this is gambling. Yeah. To put it into a game without microtransactions, when I was, I played Battlefront, uh, uh, the, the beta, and it had a, you have a daily um, uh, box. So just because you logged in, you get a daily box, which has junk but it's something. Right. Uh, the more that you play a certain type of character, or the more that you basically you have to play and do a certain um, uh, amount uh, of metrics. So like uh, a certain amount of kills with a certain points, not kills. A certain amount of points with this type of character, okay. or you need to uh, play this many missions of of, of this type of, of game. So if you accomplish those uh, those quests, if you will, then you get a loot box. It's basically what I do with Hearthstone. I don't. Yeah. I have not paid. 
I paid like ten bucks in total in Hearthstone. Yeah. Um, I I don't pay for packs in Hearthstone. I play it regularly and I earn points. I earn uh, money, in-game money, based on that. Yeah. Now you could pay money for this, but we already paid money for the game. If I already paid money for the game, I don't want to do that. But giving me in, in-game incentives because I played, I'm fine with. If they didn't have microtransactions in Battlefront, yeah. but said the more that you play your whatever character, we're going to keep giving you incentives. That's great. Yeah. Certain ways to you spec your character, and when you see another person playing that, and you go, "Wow, he's got the such and such. He he's been playing this. He's a really dedicated player." Yeah. But now you don't necessarily do that. You're like, "Ah, oh, he got me." He probably cheated and paid $100 and bought <laughs> yeah. a bunch of packs. Like, that's how I feel about it uh, because that's, that's the... Because you're salty. Because I'm salty. I was just saying, that's, that's, that's the easier... What What's more... Um, I guess uh, I sh- it doesn't quite work in this way. I was going to say, you know, what's... Um, uh, out of those scenarios, uh, which one's more probable? But um, at the same time, I don't know, someone playing for... 40 hours a week in the game is just as probable as someone throwing down money, yeah. if not more. So, um, One of the things that I'd like to point out oh. is uh, is with regards to the to what the ESRB is choosing to do is to is basically to protect the companies and allow them to do whatever they want. There is, they have discussed, this This isn't something that they've come out and said that they're going to do, but they have discussed the idea of of having, like, whenever you, whenever you pick up a game and you see the ESRB rating, it'll say, you know, mature game for for nudity and violence and beheadings. Yeah, and uh, they're talking about putting another uh, clause in there that would say if it if a game has microtransactions or loot boxes or something like that, that would be good. Mm-hmm. I would also like to see them uh, pick up something from from China and Japan where they're legally mandated if if your game uh, has. A, a random thing in it, like with the Overwatch loot boxes and things like that, you have to uh, tell your players what the odds are of getting certain items. Yeah. And that, to me, is just being honest. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the lottery is clear proof that even if you tell people, statistically, <laughs> you're not winning, yeah. people will still pay money yes. to support schools. That's why I buy tickets to support schools and funding. And That's exactly right. It's it's uh, it's charity. That's yeah. what it is. So uh, until they start donating to charity, uh, we're, we're going to keep talking about loot boxes. We're going to keep talking about the, the ethical ways to do it because we believe that there are ethical ways to do it, but most of the time they're predatory. So let us know in the yeah. comments what you think about, about predatory, where you've seen a company do well with loot mm-hmm. boxes or gambling, or, or if you don't care. Mm-hmm. And if so, tell us why. I agree. Welcome to the topic of the episode show. This is the weekly topic where we uh, tell you a topic and mm-hmm. then you discuss what your favorites of that are and we discuss your favorites back at you. Yeah, and let you know what other people think, what we think, what yeah. we were able to find when we were researching this week. Because top ten lists are great, but they're not as interactive. Yeah, it's also really fun to be like, oh, 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 remember? What? Oh, what was that one? And that's that's a, that's a that's a fun interaction that we like to have with you guys. Definitely. So this week we're talking about single screen experiences, yes. not, which not to be confused with like co-op split screen cons- uh, experiences. <laughs> right. We mean but, a, a level of a game, like the the not necessarily the entire game, but each level or section. There's there's one screen. There's no scrolling between static, the screens. Yeah. And it's static. Yes. Yeah. So. Uh, most of the first arcade games, like if you look at the at the Nintendo Black Box stuff, you know, you've got like the Mario Brothers and the Donkey Kong and the Donkey Kong Jr. was one of the first games that I had on my Nintendo mm-hmm. and I played the heck out of it. I love that game. Especially the third stage with all the electricity and stuff. <laughs> that stage is cool. I don't know if I ever got past that third stage. Oh, um, I did. Cause, and, and then after that you've got birds flying down and you unlock your dad and you catch him, which is just physically, I mean, he dropped like 40 feet. I'm sorry, if Mario died, then, you know, your dad squished you. Yeah, yeah. That's canon. I think Donkey Kong, uh, to me, is probably one of the best examples of this. It's a single screen. Uh, you have to go through uh, specific obstacles. Um, there's there's a lot of early games that, that were single screen because of the limitation. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was easier to create a static screen and then just have sprites interacting on that background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in our... In our uh, 
comments on this, we had Chris White said he was always partial to Dig Dug. Yeah, Dig Dug is is a fantastic game. I love I love when you when you're when you're able to like expand somebody and then run away because you know somebody else is coming for you or whatever. That's that's yeah. just fun. There's there's a lot of risk reward mm-hmm. in Dig Dug that yeah. that works really well. Yeah, uh, I think Pac Man's another great example of this. Yeah, Classic, self-contained, uh, single uh, single screen, uh, and uh, simple enough. That uh, that it didn't need multiple screens, and yeah. in fact, if you go off one side, you end up on the other side. Yeah. So it's it's fun, um, and I think that uh, a lot of these they don't get enough love. Uh, some of them are more on the educational uh, point of this. Yeah. Uh, Erica mentioned uh, Spellevator, mm-hmm. uh, which I, w- I would agree. Spellevator, um, uh, Math Blaster, Number Muncher. Number, yeah, there's a lot of these single screen uh, uh, games that they get kids to uh, really. Um, uh, into uh, specific, you know, learning about a specific thing, and I, I forgot to get the the name of it. Someone uh, on my Facebook mentioned uh, separately from this conversation that he got a game for his daughter. That's a that's a video game on PC, but it basically is showing coding. And I got to see which game it is because there's yeah. a few that are kind of that kind of doing that. But it was kind of this click block kind of like uh, uh, thing that she was kind of dragging and dropping yeah, uh, and, blocks and, you, and learning code you set logic. Up, you set up code logic. Yeah, yeah it was that's, really, that's it's fun. it's really cool. You can teach kids use use video games to your advantage to teach kids these these pro, um, these uh, um, ideas, and um, it's it's great. Um, you know, I guess it's not single screen, but like Carmen San Diego is another one of my I, favorites. I would life. say Carmen San Diego is because there's there's no scrolling. You're you're playing one screen at a time. Uh, you're, okay. you're you're given the information on this screen, and where in time was was my favorite one. Yeah. Um. And and just just being able to to learn about all this stuff mm-hmm. and it's it's. And I mean, a lot of adventure games are single screen at a time too. Like you're going to new areas or whatever, but. Those are almost single screen experiences too. Almost. Uh, and then uh, one of the other ones that I really enjoyed was uh, was Bubble Wobble. Yeah. <laughs> that that is unquestionably a, a single screen experience, and and you know you're you're beating everything on this one screen. Yeah. Um, can I have Binding of Isaac? If you have Binding of Isaac. Oh no no no! Because because there's 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 rooms that are two screens wide. Oh, can't have it. I was gonna say. Darn it. I was gonna say uh, if we if we get into ones where you're all interacting on this one screen, and then you go to another screen that's technically another section of the game, like you you would open it up to games like King's Quest and and others where yeah. where what you're doing in one screen affects what you did in the other screens. What about that that honeybee game that you played? That's a single screen thing. Yeah, that giant, killer, that killer giant queen. arcade. Yeah, killer, killer queen is another one that I was going to mention. So, uh, killer queen, uh, a retro game made a couple years ago, single screen, technically two screens because well, no, it's just two screens of the same thing because one per, you're watching this screen, but it's a duplication of the screen. So right. It's it's one screen, uh, five on five uh, gaming. So it's pretty cool. Um, uh, Towerfall is another. Towerfall is, another is, is an well. excellent. Recent edition, yeah, yeah. yeah, and I would throw in Hearthstone. Uh, Technically, you have one screen until you're yeah. done with that player, and then you go yeah, into another one. Technically, it's a single screen experience, and I'd say it's one of my favorites that I've that I've played in quite a while. Ugh. <laughs> All right, well, he 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 made me admit that one. So he see see how far in the comments you can bend the rules to break it and tell us what your single screen experience is. Go for it. And <laughs> we will discuss that next week. Have a good one.